0: Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Gonna look at a pretty unusual comic today The Avengers 1.5 from 1998, I believe, Bruce Tim. But before we do, I wanna remind everybody at home to like, follow, and subscribe to Cartoonist Kayfabe. Uh, subscribing will help you offset the kayfabe effect you'll be notified whenever a new video is posted right away it'll give you a little leg up if you decide you want to track down whatever comic we are showing off before uh, everybody else gets to it so be sure and hit that subscribe button under the video also let this video play to the end that will help uh, YouTube's algorithm share the video with other comics fans who may not be familiar with cartoonist kayfabe helps us grow the channel so uh, please let that play through what a love letter to Stan and Jack uh, that this comic gives Jimmy. It's a really, uh, it's an interesting comic. Bruce Timm doesn't do a ton of stuff for Marvel Comics, so pretty cool to see him show up and with the A-listers, uh, so to speak. So definitely, as you say, a love letter to that Silver Age, uh, Origins of the Avengers, and some cool Easter eggs throughout this. And I say dive in, unless you have anything on the cover there you wanna point out.
1: They get a lot right uh, with, with this stuff. So like, the thick um, dialogue bubble that would have been a consequence of like Sam Rosen having to do it on a separate piece of paper, and then you cut it out, and it, it's it's hard to cut out like that thin mm-hmm. that thin line. So you would cut that that bold one out uh, and, and and paste
0: it up. But uh, clearly, computer uh, lettering. Yes. But they chose the right fonts. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It's a little bit unbalanced. I'm I'm surprised. Like I think of uh, Bruce Timm as you know, great designer. Surprised they didn't figure out a composition that would allow a little more balance in how this is laid out,
1: but. Truthfully, that's the way those those covers worked uh, yep. back in the day. They they were pretty, like, with the, Stan would just fit words wherever <laughs> there was, like, the least little bit of space, man.
0: Yeah, that part's true. Even, like, uh, little, you know, throwbacks, details, like, like your corner box, I feel like that feels like that old-style corner box. Yeah, and that looks like Kirby. Like, I don't know that that's even Bruce Tim. That's possible. I like that Iron Man design a lot. Yeah, like, that might be Bruce Tim. Pretty cool looking. So, yeah, December 1999. I had remembered this a little bit later uh, in the Marvel um, timeline. You know, like, I was thinking of it almost as, like, this was one of those early uh, Quesada, you know, talent bringing in Bruce Timm to do this but um, a little bit before that I'm not sure when they take over at Marvel but 1999 I think is before that time so this is just an oddity it it is an oddity it's a trifle
1: and it's unfortunate because this beats any Marvel comic that came out this this month or this year probably Uh, and it's because they go back to the formula you know and 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 the formula was good and it was solid and you could create new readers with that
0: formula because this is this is tongue-in-cheek kids comics it is um by the way fake ad here the insult that made a corpse out of mac uh (laughs) getting bazooka in the face at the beach and just like look at the bloody remains of after the bazooka so very bizarre gets gets built up like this uh six years takes them six years to put on that muscle (laughs) (laughs) mass pretty funny charlie charlie world instead of charles atlas and uh under the credits, you have Roger Stern filling in for Stan Lee, Bruce Timp filling in for Jack Kirby. You know, the gimmick here is that this story is set between issue one and two of the original Avengers comics. Yeah. So you get a lot of those kind of um, some Easter eggs and some very blatant uh, references to what was going on in the Marvel Universe at that time.
1: Yeah. If you would have made me guess, I would have been like, yeah, Kurt Busiek wrote, wrote this thing, man. Roger Stern. Interesting choice for, for something like this. Yeah,
0: like, Buseyak would have made perfect sense because I, like Untold, tells of Spider Man. I think is probably sometime around here, maybe a little bit earlier. Like it does seem like he would be the guy to go to. And
1: he was known. He was known as the guy who had like all those like fifty dollar hardcover uh, Marvel Masterworks and and just like read read the pantheon. You know, like right. he he knew it all. And th- and this is paced perfectly. I've uh, just for pleasure. Throughout the week, like, I've been reading uh, Stan and Jack mm-hmm. uh, comics and having just like a ball reading that stuff. And it's paced perfectly where you have these these uh, interstitial pieces with the rest of the Marvel, you know, gallery of, of heroes for a panel or two in other people's books. They also even did some stuff, too, where um, like Thor would be a comic character in, in uh, Fantastic Four and shit like that. So, uh, that's on brand here. The, the one difference, uh, between this comic and like the great, like Stan and Jack works is that Jack Kirby was very, very, very giving, uh, and not just in terms of, um, creating new characters all the time, but just the imagery, the variety of, of villains and, and how the characters interacted in super heroic ways um jack would just innovated a lot of stuff and that's just not in this Mm -hmm. it's like the varnish is all here totally like it's unmistakable but the imagination and i'm not saying bruce tim has to like invent new characters that marvel exploits but just the way these characters are used in jack kirby comics is just a different level of imagination that's far beyond just like square fingers
0: yeah yeah, it's, it's an interesting style because there is clearly some attempt at, at referencing that original style. Big time. So you get like that combination of the Bruce Timm and that animated style he's associated with, but with the Silver Age, uh, you know, Kirby Marvel uh, details.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's way closer to Kirby than like the, the only Bruce Timisms really are like the girl faces. He draws be, be prettier girls because Kirby's girls are just Cro-Magnum at best. Yeah.
0: I feel like things like like that chin, you know, that squared off sure. chin is is one of those um, signs. That's true. You know, and, and it's funny here because like that face is could almost pass for that early Silver Age Kirby, but together you get into the Bruce Tim uh, territory, and then of course I'm influenced by Darwin Cook, who kind of takes that uh, animated style to his level and his style. So you get to see a lot of that. I think as you look at this stylistically, there's there's a few things at work. These get weird. So uh Kid Cold Outlaw, hundred and twelve and a half, like they're doing these fake ads that are really bizarre, you know? I mean I don't even not on sale. Like I don't I don't know, it's just a strange conceit. These guys look great though. Yeah, totally. And I think that's real art. Like like uh I think that's clipped art from Looks back like in Ditko, the day. right? Mm-hmm.
1: Looks totally like Ditko. And that and uh, I think that's a uh, Vince Coletta inked uh, <laughs> Thor. To be precise, I'm glad you brought up Darwin Cook because we have looked at some of his works in here uh, on the channel. And uh, looking at this Bruce Tim stuff, knowing that they they're coming from a similar soup when it comes to like the construction of their comics, this feels uh, more dashed out. Like this feels like Bruce Tim is putting himself on that Kirby schedule and seeing what he can do, like with that amount of time and stuff, man. Because uh, like the backgrounds are pretty pretty quick quickly uh constructed and stuff like really speedily done um windows and things in the background details and that's different from darwin cook like it would be simple lines but it would still all be pretty connected and and kind of tight there's a looseness to
0: this for everything that's not the figure yeah i wonder about palettes too if if they're going back to that 64 color palette because some of this stuff doesn't quite feel like it to me yeah yeah like like, there's a little bit more subtlety like like
1: uh, like some more colors in the in the crayon box. yeah there's
0: something that's just not quite uh the flavor of if you pulled out avengers number two and stuck it next to this of course and i yeah. don't know if it's you know it could be the paper stock but uh yeah the, the little tiny details like that but doesn't diminish my enjoyment of it like it it really does get a lot of it most of it right and does have that kind of uh I don't know, tongue-in-cheek storytelling, you know, like well, like hey, it's fun. Page. Yeah, it's a good-looking page. C- coming and going. When mm-hmm. the Kirby strokes, man, almost the uh, the homage to that old Hulk T-shirt. Here comes the Hulk. There goes the Hulk on totally. the back. Totally
1: <laughs> flying the helicopter in there. Let uh-huh. me tell you something, man. Like like I I I, pl- I have my little Millennium Falcon drone. Yes. Uh, if you take it to like a small enclosed space where the air is different, doesn't work that way. This thing would be sucked right up to the top and just fucking destroy everything
0: this page disappoints me. It's pretty weak.
1: Yeah. Cause you know, Kirby would add like a lot of, a lot of gimmick to that. Yeah. I'm not sure even like what I would change on it, but, but you something's know, off. Yeah. You know what is cool though? The scale, you know, like, like Kirby would have mixed that up a lot more. There, there would be way more imagination to that. Think about like the shield heli, helicarrier
0: right. thing. Um, but the scale is cool. This is also bad. The coloring of the gray hammer on the gray helicopter, Boy, that hammer gets lost. Totally lost. I didn't even see it. Yeah, and it feels like there would have been a way to do it. You know, like I'm looking at the helicopter spinning, and it's sort of like you could have done something like that with guys, the hammer. Guys
1: like um, what you call like uh, like Stan Goldberg and stuff. They would just, it wouldn't be naturalistic color or however you call yeah. it. It would just like, like this would be pink or something. it would be a pink
0: helicopter. It's got to be a way to, to make that hammer not be camouflaged with the background.
1: See, now this is what i talk about. Like this is, this is Kirby shit. Like where he would just like introduce these problems with the characters and they would be these very visually appealing things. So there's some of it, but it's just, it, it is missing.
0: This is a great panel. Wasp sure. in a hand, yeah. you know, any anything that's like the giant or the tiny I feel like is always really cool and and a hand pretty good Pretty good for that such a great
1: drawer just like totally getting like the cylinders and stuff of, of, of these figures
0: You know, what's funny? I we, we read multiple stories this week and I believe this is not this is an imposter, right? This is yeah. like a, a doctor doom imposter right for the officials that's in the other superhero comic we read this week and uh it it blurs my brain where i'm like wait a minute is this the plot point from this (laughs) yeah boy government officials are just being impersonated uh pretty easy to impersonate them apparently in these comics boy the iron man yellow suit's really cool yeah i I feel like he has a good you know the, the iron man suit is good yellow and red but this is such a tank
1: it is yeah 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 this is this is kirby's vision and then the classic yellow and red that's like the ditko Ant-Man was one of my favorite characters as a kid because he was never used, but he was on, like, the Marvel cards. Yeah. And I just love that idea of, like, super tiny little guy.
0: Yeah, I have an Ant-Man appearance in Hulk Grand Design. Good. And, you know, and you, you try to figure out, like, how do you maximize showing him as very small or, or uh, you know, like, giant man very big. Uh, this is so funny because it's, it's the same deal where it's like the the human mask is over a ridiculous mask <laughs> it's exactly like the other comic we read where it's like the mask is under the human mask it just doesn't make sense with a hood
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what that's perfect for this kind of comic it is like it is. like it totally like it's how it should be like i i buy it all yeah
0: i even like the monitor being like how he reveals himself that feels like a uh like a 60s kind of gimmick of atomic age uh-huh yeah, they finally got it right too, you know, like everything's on a screen now. Yeah. But it, it took a while, it took a while for that to come out. And then in the middle of it, inexplicably, the world's dullest comic. It's, it's, it really shows you, man, like where comics was at, you know. I, I kind of want to see this as like, uh, you know how you figure out value is you just desaturate it? Like, let's see this in black and white. Is it just flat gray? Yeah, but you know it. It's so... You know it. I, I, I don't know how to respond to that. And they get like eight pages. Cartoonist Kayfabe is Ed Piscor and Jim Rugg, two working cartoonists. The best way to support Cartoonist Kayfabe is to buy the books that we make. And here's what's available from Ed Piscor. WYSIWYG, Portrait of a Serial Hacker is about the history of computer hacking X-Men, Grand Design, the, uh, the the beginning of the Grand Design franchise, starts with X-Men. This is a complete retelling of the history of X-Men. The first 30 years is one epic, continuous story across three volumes, or in one giant, oversized volume, if you can find that one. Uh, seems like it's constantly out of print, but a beautiful volume if you can find it. Hip-Hop, Family Tree. This is a history of hip-hop as the title suggests, four oversized volumes, treasury-sized editions, telling the history of hip-hop through comics, and your current book, Red Room, the Antisocial Network, available now in print wherever books are sold. This is a collection of the first season of Red Room Comics, collecting four issues, beautifully reproduced with some great bonus material here in the back of the book, and starting in March, The next season, Red Room Trigger Warnings, will be coming to comic book stores. This is the cover to look for. And due to some uh, issues at the distribution level, this may be the rarest of Red Room comics. So look for this one in March, and here are the covers to keep your eyes peeled for. That's your main cover. This is a variant by Ed Piscor, a variant by Peach Momoko, and a variant by yours truly. These will be in comic shops March 9th. The books of mine that are available right now, The Plain Janes, the first American young adult graphic novel, 500 pages of a bunch of high school girls who get together and start doing art around their community, a la Banksy, and get in all sorts of trouble from uh, teachers to the local police and of course parents and some of their fellow students, Uh, 500 pages perfect for the young adult reader or young artist in your life. Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive. This is my collection of Street Angel comics published by Image Comics. Eight complete, full-color stories featuring the deadliest girl alive, the princess of poverty, the homeless ninja on a skateboard. And coming in March, Cartoonist Kayfabe Month, by the way, everyone, is my next project, Hulk Grand Design, with variant covers by Peach Momoko, Marcos Martin, Cartoonist Kayfabe's own Ed Piscor, and... Hulk Grand Design Madness coming in April, covered by Jeff Darrow on that one. And you can see the main covers here in the background. This is a retelling of the history of the Incredible Hulk, 60, celebrating 60 years of Incredible Hulk history and comic books. 500 issues, 10,000 plus pages, distilled down into two oversized, action-packed issues. Perfect for the longtime Hulk fan or the first-time comics reader. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. I was trying to figure out if these were real. Like, could you have ordered these in 1999, like replicas of some uh, of the right. original T-shirts? That's graffiti design. It seems, like, yeah, it like, seems legit, and yeah. they're like 20 bucks each. So, I always
1: love this. this. is one of my favorite Kirby X-Men pieces. Was for the shirt. And yeah, this that's stuff, a really good one. And this stuff was like at least that, that this design that was drawn for the shirt.
0: Like, it wasn't taken from a comic or anything. I think that might be a Wally Wood base. Looks uh, like Daredevil, it. really awesome. Looks like um, it. There's that. Uh, you know, here comes the Hulk. There goes the Hulk shirt that I was referencing uh, earlier. I usually don't like silkscreen on the back, but that's one where you need it. Yeah, you'll see that. Like you can Google that shirt, and you'll see him pop up on eBay and stuff. Like they're in a lot of those old comics. That was one. they sold quite a few of Steve Rude. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Steve Rude doing this series. Um, boy, they look great there, right? Oh, he's good. And that classic. Those, those classic costumes was a. That was a good design. All right, back to our story after uh, some weird pages, and uh, the Avengers are on the ropes, you know? Doctor Doom's idea is like, let's take them out before they become a real threat. Hank Pym, dude, you put a GI in front of the ant and you got a new character. Exactly, he's been working on some new stuff, and here he goes. Bruce nails the giant man character thing really well. It's
1: It's two great panels of storytelling. Like, you see him almost like busting at the seams being inside the joint, and then just Boom! Stands up, pops the thing. Like that. Like that's a Kirbyism. Like a, a cool way of like using the powers. That's the thing. When when you're doing these comics, you have to figure out cool things to do with these superheroic heroic characters. That's like what Kirby was perfect at. So you have to
0: do your damnedest. Yeah. The Hulk, the way Doom was trying to foil him was it had him in like a frictionless Teflon-coated room where the Hulk's just like sliding around everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you see him like shaking off the dizziness, uh, throwing up. That's tasteful. You know, a 1999 comic, usually, we're going to see the, uh, the, the, the spew coming out of that. But uh, no, nah, not if it was in the early 60s. You couldn't get away with that back then with the Comics Code. Some cool um, Thor imagery he's trying to ward off whatever these energy ball things are and bringing Iron Man back to life with a strike of lightning give a little defibrillators man a little defibrillators of I the wish gods. this was a bigger panel yeah because that's some cool shit I do like the the uh, the blue color effect in there and Doctor Doom realizes like he's in trouble. I think this is a, a reference to possibly the Tales to Astonish that we looked at that Jack Kirby drew of uh, Iron Man versus Namor. That hand with the Iron Man uh, hands in the Kirby Kirby pose is really great. And Doctor Doom is fleeing. Um, Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos three and a half. Just confusing. Great pinup though. Old school. Oh, Word. The, the BT signature. I think this is a reference too to an earlier Hulk, like one of the corner box Hulks. A little bit updated for Bruce Tim, but I feel like that's uh that's a pose that's pretty famous. Good Hulk here. You know the other thing Bruce Tim was doing around this time, maybe a couple years later, was that Fantastic Four, that weird like uh Maxi series, Tom Scioli was on there, Eric Larson. That's an interesting book worth pulling out, maybe. Bruce
1: Tim inked Tom. Like we next wow. time next time we have Tom in the house, like we have to pull out those Tom pages and, yeah. and because he because he learned stuff. I from bet. Bruce Timm, he said, like, like with what he put down in pencil and what Bruce Timm chose to ink, like, it, it informed his future oh, man! I can't believe I've never
0: had that conversation with him. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to uh, to get into that a little bit. And Hulk finally gets his hand on Doctor Doom, rips his head off. It's a robot,
1: Doctor Doom. Always is, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it like is. You, you, can't, you can't do it, like, at a certain point, it's like, just don't even use Dr. doom anymore like it, it makes kids nuts.
0: yeah it's 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 this
1: is the dusty finish uh-huh and it's, it's so frustrating. It's a catch string theory man like you da- you dangle the string to at least where the kid
0: could could get to it. All right, so doom is gone or a robot or whatever and his ship is going down and these heroes are now in trouble you gotta find a way out of the ship. There's one escape pod not big enough for everybody. Hulk throws the human in there and hits eject, which pisses everybody off, because they're like, you could have also got Wasp and Ant-Man in there, you dummy. All right. <laughs> which is in line with those early Avengers. Um, they did not like Hulk, even though he was part of the team for issue like or odd,
1: Yeah, seemed like an odd man out. Seemed
0: like a guy who wouldn't like listen to orders. I wonder if they just like copied these letters, because they're so good. There's, there's good. a few of these throughout the issue, but they feel like pretty authentic to, uh, to those old Silver Age marvels. Love this little stuff right there. Looks good. This is always hard to draw where you have like a cape mm-hmm. that's foreshortened.
1: Foreshortened cape, not easy.
0: I, uh, you know, it would take up real estate
1: that needs to be served better with other characters and stuff. Like he, you know, he figured it out.
0: Yeah, it's. You lot, don't see a lot the a of cartoonists do it. They they do figure it out, but uh, it's not that easy. We lose Ant Man and Wasp a little bit with the red on red. You do. That's kind of a bummer. Iron Man looks good, too. Hulk jumping out of there. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Fortunately, Doom's uh, gigantic flying fortress crashes into the ocean, not hurting anybody. And, uh... There we go.
1: Yeah, man. But you can't sleep on the letters column because it's uh, every the letters from people are all the people you would expect Uh to have letters. So it's like (laughs) Ty Templeton. He was doing like the Batman Adventures comics and stuff, working in that kind of style, known for being having that kind of energy. Like he, there was the Mad Dog comic where, where that required like the old school drawing. Like he did the old school drawing stuff when you flip in, there's like the Mm -hmm. Jim Lee looking shit. Uh, Kurt Buziak, age
0: two. (laughs) (laughs) He he, uh, wrote a lot of letters. Yeah. Um, You know, you can find his letters definitely in those uh, old back issues. Burt Kusiak, 33. um, (laughs) Maybe a little bit more in line with uh, Busiak's very uh, wordy lettering there. Um, Mark Wade. Yeah, pretty fun. And a unique comic. Yeah. Makes me wonder if, like, did they have plans to do more Bruce Tim stuff? This feels like something that, I don't know, it's different than your Marvel, typical Marvel comics of, of late 19. 19- this is December 99, so like early 2000s is very different than what you were seeing Marvel do, and it's like. You could almost see him running through some of the Marvel Universe and putting his uh, animated style and, and love of Kirby together. And I guess he does in that Fantastic Four comic a little bit a couple years later.
1: Yeah, like, listen, man, if, if a guy with Bruce Tim's talent gets a couple of minutes free in his schedule and he goes to Marvel, you let him do what the fuck he wants to do and then he does it and you know, he goes back and makes zillions of dollars like back in animation. You know, he gets this out of his system for a year. Maybe he'll come back and do a, a Batman thing or something.
0: This is right when I start making comics. Mm-hmm. The end of 1999. I know I bought this at Phantom of the Attic. I was probably meeting Lex there weekly. You know, New Comics Day. But before you had entered the... Uh, before we had actually met. Yeah, shit, I was in 11th grade, man. Because, I mean, it's still a few years before I get to Street Angel. But uh definitely pulled this one out of Phantom as, like, that's the interesting comic that came out that week. You know, and
1: before this, there, there was that uh, Untold Tales of Spider-Man with, like... Um, like red, we did a video on that one. Yes, these—that's these about co- the same time. These comics, it's—it's it's just they were considered tr- trifles, just like little jerk offs. In that you know they're not a part of canon or anything like this. They're they're this like offshoot, like special thing, but they were always better than. And but the people at Marvel, they just they just never learned from that. You know they're still putting out their same typical garbage, but these things are like absolute diamonds in the rough. And they're the thing, I mean, we're talking about this, we're not talking about that Spider-Man comic or what was happening in Daredevil when he had, you know, the black costume or something like this. Uh, It's just unfortunate, you know, like maybe, you know, sales like this didn't goose sales in a way to keep that kind of thing going. That could
0: be, you know, late 99, not a good, you know, really bottom of the barrel for sales in that late 90s, uh, early 2000s and maybe that was it too, you know, maybe it didn't have much impact. But
1: that whole thing of like what they, what they were trying to do the way that they were trying to, you know, goose the numbers, uh, then it was, it was repeating the same stuff, hoping for different results, like maybe switch it up a little bit. And they tried, you know, they went from like uh, that black costume, Daredevil to like the Carrie Nord, uh, um, Carl Kessel thing where that was like, He's going to be fun again. You know, like they they tried.
0: I would love to know like what other Marvel comics I bought, like in the three months around this issue. I may not have bought another Marvel comic in, in late 99 or 2000. I, I was
1: completely out, you yeah. know, like, like like Preacher. I was following Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon. So like my last stuff on my pull list uh, was, like, was Preacher comics. And then when they go to Marvel and do Punisher, it goes to Punisher and I just keep it on my pull list, like for the tenure of Garth Ennis' run that that's the last of it from then forward like i'm i'm just um f- filling in my gaps in my love and rockets collections and 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 um getting eight ball comics and all all that kind of, like i'm fully done with this garbage yeah it's, it's over and and what am i reading right now for pleasure like i'm reading stan and jack I'm, essentials you know and 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 having so much more fun than i would with uh you know any of this kind of uh, you know the the stuff that was in canon that was part of you know, Daredevil 400 or Captain America 550 or whatever. Like these little bits, man, they're the gems of, of that era
0: for sure. Um, are you pretty good? I'm good, man. Let me recommend a video then to everybody watching this. Batman, uh, the animated Batman book. Yes. We cover that. It shows off a lot of great Bruce Timm art and a lot of other great artists art uh, that were part of that book, one of my favorite comics. Man, I don't know when that was published, but it makes me think that might have been a late '90s kind of publication right around that time. time. So, yeah, if you want to see more Bruce Tim, check out the uh, the Batman animated book that we have a video of on this channel for
1: sure. K Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the
0: YouTube channel. Hit the bell to we'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hope Grand Design coming to your local comic shop in March. Tell your local comic shop to reserve a copy for you. Tell them which cover you want. There's some really good ones to choose from. And uh, you can join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug where you can see how I made Hulk Grand Design along with how I make all the comics that I've made. Red
1: Room Trigger Warnings beginning in March. Uh, It's going to be coming out pretty soon as of uh, this recording. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Uh, It's going to be monthly. Every issue completely self-contained. You can read these comics today on my Patreon for $3. I have an entire archive, more than 200 pages worth of stuff up there as we speak. You can get to these links in my link tree in the description below this
0: video. What else do we have out there Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Fabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Fabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. It's another great way to support
1: the Cartoonist Fabe channel. Jimmy, give them those marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.